I'll be uh, doing the scripture. And I'll be coming from uh, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 7 through 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 16. I have to read the scriptures, I'll pray. And, um, I'll go over there. Alright, so 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Amen. Pastor Marshall, 
for allowing me to speak tonight. First of all, I thank God for Amen. choosing me from before the beginning of time to be standing here tonight. Amen. Last week, Rashad asked me if I could bring a word this week, and I was like, praise God, yes. And then he brought a powerful word last week, and then we were praising God after the message. And I'm praising God, and I open my eyes, and I look down to this floor. And then I asked Rasan if I could take a, <laughs> take a picture <laughs> at him and Marshall. <laughs> you know, they thought I wanted to take a picture of them, which would be natural, you know. But God put on my heart to take a picture of this floor. And as I was looking at the floor, it's the same type of wood. Every piece in here is it's like a oak floor. It's got the same color stain, but yet it's still different. You've got some that are a little bit lighter. You have some that are a little bit darker. You have some that are mixed. It is, it is kind of like us, kind of like God's children. It's the way he designed things. And every single piece of this wood, there's not one that's identical. It's totally unique. It's totally unique. Every single piece of wood in this house is totally unique. And God put on my heart that we're the same way. We're totally unique, and that's what I'm going to talk about tonight, is your unique fingerprint. Even you girls back there are identical twins, but you're totally <laughs> unique. You, you have a different fingerprint. We all have a unique fingerprint, and that's what I'm going to talk about, Amen. a unique Amen. fingerprint. Amen. I'm going to start out in Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 1, and then I'll skip down to verse 26 through 28. The Bible says, Dear Phil, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Y'all's Bible say, Dear Phil? The <laughs> <laughs> God put on my heart a long time ago that this is His Word. Jesus Christ in my hand is the greatest love story ever told. And he wrote it to me. We have to take it personal. Amen. Because there's no other way back into that right relationship through Jesus Christ without that, without making it personal. It has to be a personal relationship. I can't save you. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. And and he put it on my heart a long time ago to make it personal. So all my Bibles start out with Dear Phil. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it ends. In Revelation chapter 22, 
verse 21 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Love God. Because I take it personal. Because if I didn't take it personal, I'd still be lost. I knew there was a God before I came to know God. And I'm getting to know God every day. I seek Him. I get up in the morning, get in His Word, because I take it personal. And I believe what His Word says. It says in Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God is pure, and He is a shield unto those that trust Him. Every word of God is pure. Not the ones you want to hear. <laughs> Not your favorite verse. <laughs> Every word of God is pure. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And in verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Then you go to chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 7 through 9, and then I'll skip to 16 and read verse 16 and 17. In, chapter, in verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put, he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant, to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. We were born as eternal beings to live forever with God, to be in a walk with God, to be obedient to God. It gives us every blessing gave us the tree of life, but he also gave us the tree of good and evil. I mean, of knowledge, <laughs> which can be evil. <laughs> Told us not to touch that one. The tree of knowledge 
of good and evil. Told, us, told Adam not to touch it. We all knew that Eve was deceived, but Adam willfully disobeyed God. He willfully disobeyed God, therefore brought on spiritual death. Brought on spiritual death. And then the tree of life was in that same garden. It was paradise. It was perfect. Perfect peace. Perfect harmony. And Adam, by his choice, and from that day on, we still had the same choice. We can choose the tree of life, or we can choose death. The same choice that Adam had in the garden thousands of years ago. So, Adam ate of the fruit, brought on spiritual death, and we're all born into sin. So God sent Jesus to die on the cross. He said cross was made of wood, made from a tree. And I believe Peter says, calls it a tree. Talks about he who hangs on the tree is cursed. Mm -hmm. Jesus took that curse so that we could come back into that relationship with our Father. Mm -hmm. So we could spend eternity with him and then when we go to heaven, be with him. In Revelations chapter 22 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb, and of the Lamb. In the midst of the streets of it, and on either side of the river, there the tree of life. So Jesus came, laid his life down on that cross, was buried and took it back so we could have access to that tree of life. Again, be fulfilled, be in perfect harmony, perfect peace with God, have everything that we need. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. You can use, you used a donkey to speak to the prophet, Lord God. You can, you can use me to speak to your people, Lord God. Here I am. Just do your thing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The humans and trees where, where is what God put on my heart because of this floor. The humans and trees. And, in, and he compares us to trees. In Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate all day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the river of water, it brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water. 
when we're righteous in God's sight, when we come to Him through Jesus Christ, because He is the way, the truth, and the life, when we come to God, the Father, through Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives us faith to believe Jesus is the way, and the truth, and the life. So it's actually, we're chosen from before the beginning of time. God gives us free will to choose life or choose death. The Holy Amen. Spirit gives us the power and the faith Amen. to believe. He gives us the, the power and the faith to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we are righteous, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And then in paradise, in heaven, that river of life runs through and you have the tree of life on either side. So the only way we can get to that tree of life and be fulfilled eternally is through Jesus Christ. But humans and trees have similar physical characteristics, both mostly water, and we're completely unique. We're completely unique. There's not one tree that is identical to another. There's not one human that is identical to another. We have our own DNA. We have our own fingerprint. And God wants us to use our fingerprint, our unique fingerprint, or your unique fingerprint, to touch everything and everyone He puts in your path, in one way or another. We're interdependent, that's a big word for me. <laughs> we are interdependent with trees. And this is something I didn't know, but I had I pulled out the um, Google search and, and was doing a little research on trees and humans. And, but we're interdependent because we breathe oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. Trees take in carbon dioxide and put out air. I mean, put out oxygen, which is the air we breathe. They give us what we need, we give them what they need. A tree on Calvary's Hill gave us what we need. Gave us life. God chose to put a tree. He started in the garden with the tree of life. And for those who come to him through that tree on Calvary's hill, will end up forever in eternity with the tree of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Psalms 103, verse 13, 14, and 15. The Bible says, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. 
God knows the brevity of our life. He knows how brief our time is here on earth. He didn't design us to stay here forever. He put us here for a test. It's a test of our love that He put inside of us. We couldn't love Him if He didn't love us first. He didn't pour His love into us. We could never love Him. And we can never love each other. And we can never love people in general, which we're called to love people. But he knew the brevity of our stay here, how quick it is. It's like that to God. When we're here, it's like that. It's just that quick. And he still chose to create us. He still chose to use us. We have to choose to yield to Him. We have to choose Him to put Him first in everything we do in our life. We talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago about how God uses each and every one of us to touch people with what we do, with the abilities and the talents that He's given us, that we touch people in our daily lives. And that's part of your unique fingerprint if you're doing it for God's glory. And even if you're not doing it for God's glory, it's part of your fingerprint that you're going to leave in eternity one way or another. Mm -hmm. Everything we touch, whether it's with our hands, with our personalities, God made our personalities totally unique. Because nobody in this room has the same personality. We don't have the same fingerprint. God wants to touch people through our lives. He wants to touch people for His glory and His glory alone. Does anybody know how much, how much of a chance that it is that you would ever be born? It's one in 400 trillionths of a chance that you would ever be born. One in 400 trillionths of a chance. And I, I printed this out because, can you pass that around? Just look at them zeros. Look, look how big that number is. And I'll explain the 34 trillion in a minute. But, there's one in 400 trillions of a chance that you would be born. What are the chances of you being born again? What are the chances of you being born again? If it's one in 400 trillions of a chance, I don't even think they have a number. They may, but I don't know. They may have a number. But that's a whole lot more zeros than is on that paper. It's a whole lot more zeros than is on that paper. And to make up the average human body, there are 30, on average, 34 trillion cells. And God had me look that up this morning. That That's a guess. Scientists still don't know. You know, 
Scientists still don't know exactly how many cells make up a human body. They say, some of them say it's in between 30 and 40 trillion. So I just figured on the average of about roughly 34 trillion cells to make up a body. God knew the brevity of our time. He formed us out of dust. And He still, He still took the time to make us perfect. In His perfect time, we're on this planet right when He wants us to be. Amen. That's right. right when we want, right when he wants us to be, it's like I'm had talking to people. I've had people ask me, say, "Why did Jesus come when he came?" Because his people were being oppressed. The Roman Empire was in charge, and their choice of execution and their method was the cross. God knew before the beginning of time it was going to be on that tree that he was going to reconcile the world to himself. He was going to bring us back into a right relationship with him if we choose. If we choose life or death. Jesus, uh, actually, I just thought about it. I've got this t-shirt on that explains it was a choice at that cross. There were two crosses. Jesus was hanging on a cross in between two other crosses with two thieves. One of them chose death. One of them chose life. The one thief asked Jesus to remember him. So remember me, Lord, yes. when you come into your kingdom. He said, today you shall be with me in paradise. He chose to believe that Jesus was who he said he was. Mm -hmm. The other chose chose to say, if you're God, get me off his cross. <laughs> but, but the other one said, man, shut up. Lord, please remember me. He made the choice of life and death. And from the beginning in the garden, right up to the cross, we had that choice. We had that choice every day of our, of our walk. Every, every day that God allows us to walk this earth, we had that choice of death or life. This is all temporary. It's all temporary. But you know, you have trees that live to be hundreds and hundreds of years old to this day. We don't live to be hundreds and hundreds. If you make a hundred, you're, you're highly blessed. <laughs> you're highly blessed or the God might be waiting for you to make a decision for Him. Yes. <laughs> before He takes you away. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I believe. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of a friend of mine's grandmother was 107 when she passed away. Mm. I don't know if she was saved, mm. but I like to think that that's why she lived so long, so she could make a choice God. for Christ. Yeah. But he knows the brevity of our time. Yeah. He took such detail. 34 40, 34 trillion cells to make up this. <laughs> 34 trillion cells. And every one of them is unique. All your cells are unique. The, the molecules that make up a cell, I couldn't tell you how many trillions or, or the 
any kind of number to tell you that. But inside of a molecule, they say it's like a finely oiled machine. There's like 10,000 moving parts in a molecule, which takes quite a few molecules to make up a cell that we can't even see. In the center of that is a cross. And if one part of that molecule was out of whack, the body starts breaking down. There's absolutely no way that just happened by chance. God created the heavens and the earth. God took time to make us so wonderful. And He knew from the beginning of time who would be sitting in this room. He knew the color of our skin. He knew how tall we would be, how short we would be, how smart we would be, how simple we could be. <laughs> and, and He still chose us to be here. I believe if you're in this room, God's chosen you to be His child. And He wants you to use your unique fingerprint for His glory. His glory alone. Psalm 139 I'm going to start at verse 13. Read through 16. No, read through 18. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee, when I was made in the secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect or incomplete. And in the book and in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. God had already written down our story, our life, our creation before our mothers or fathers ever thought of us. God had a plan from the beginning of time. He created the earth for man, not man for earth. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God thinks about you all the time. Thank you, God. He thinks about you all the time. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. Yes to give you an expected end yes. where a lot of versions will say a hope and a future yeah. but he has thoughts of peace for our lives how do we have peace by walking in obedience to God it's the only way we're going to walk in peace while we're here on this earth is if we walk in obedience to God and, and, and Jesus says in um I believe it's John 14, peace I leave with you, not the peace that this world offers, this peace I give unto you. Amen. We can't get this peace from this world, 
we can have temporary happiness, temporary satisfaction, but it don't fill that void that we're all created with because Adam fell. We, Adam, and, and, and one thing God put on my heart this morning, Adam was created in God's image. We were created in Adam's image. Jesus allows us to come back into God's image by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We were created in Adam's image. Adam and Eve, they were created in God's image. Mm -hmm. They fell, brought on death. From that point on, every man or woman on this planet were created in Adam's image, in a sinful nature, rebellious. And God loved us so much, He sent Jesus to lay his life down. But before he laid his life down, he showed us how to walk. Amen. He showed us how to talk. He showed us how to reach out and touch people's lives. Amen. With what he said, he spoke life. He touched. He healed. Amen. He shared the love that was in him, that was in that flesh that God put the fullness of his love in Jesus Christ Amen. into a human into a man. 34 trillion cells. He walked just like we did. He was 100% man. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And he walked exactly like we did so he could go through what we go through. So he could relate to us. So he could get us through. So he could bring us back into a right relationship with God because God knows that none of us is perfect. We're, we're not complete and we can't be complete without Jesus Christ. Amen. We can't be complete without His Holy Spirit that God sends to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us. And He sends His angels to protect us. Amen. That's how much He loves us. Amen. Amen. I still can't get over the 34 trillion cells that it takes. He took such detail knowing how short our time is here. And then John 15, verse 16. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But it's not the only one I believe, but I totally believe what it says on every page. In John 15, 16, he says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. In John 15, 1 and 2, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And that purging hurts sometimes. <laughs> I know he, and, and he has purged me. He still does from time to time. And, it, and, it, and it's when, when that purging is taking place and things aren't comfortable, 
It's for our growth. It's because he's trying to make us realize he didn't make this hard. He made it very simple. Trust him. Trust him. He speaks to us. He, and you know, somebody told me one time, said, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You need to shut up and listen. <laughs> you know, but I was praying today and God's like, I gave you two ears so you can hear me and you can hear the world. You can hear me and you can hear the world. You have a choice before you today. Blessings or curses, life or death. Yeah. Choose what you will listen to. Choose what you're going to receive. Amen. You're going to hear me or you're going to hear the world. He gave me two ears. Jesus was crucified on that cross in between two thieves mm. with two mouths talking in each ear. Jesus didn't respond to the one that was ridiculing him, asking him to prove himself. Jesus responded to the one who humbled himself and asked to be remembered. Amen. So it, it's no accident we have two ears. God wants us to choose which voice we're listening to, his voice of the world. Amen. And he chose us to use our unique fingerprint. <clears throat> he chose us to use our unique our unique personalities to touch people's lives. He tells us in his word that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if we speak, if we promote life, if we pat somebody on the back when they do a good job and encourage them to keep walking the good walk, to keep doing your work as unto the Lord, we're speaking life. And we're going to have that abundant life that God promised us. It's not about money. Amen. It's about the peace and calmness and that joy that we can receive. And you know, He wants us to use our unique fingerprint to be, to be part of the body of Christ. Because just like this floor, just like this floor, individually the boards are okay. God created them unique and special, each board, for a unique purpose. He knew before the beginning of time that this floor would be in here, that he would use it to open my eye to us and trees, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it would be the beginning of my sermon, but when you pull it all together, look how beautiful that is. And he wants us to be a part of his body. He tells us in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12 and 14, 12 through 14 says, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit 
Are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. In verse 26 and 27, the Bible says, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. For one member be or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. You don't say partners, he says members. That means one. Partners mean a partnership. Members are one. We're one body in Christ. He uniquely made each individual. But the fullness of that beauty is when the body of Christ comes together because He sent us to put our unique fingerprint not only on our lives and the people around us, but especially the believers. We have to make ready the bride. And how can we do that if Marie is suffering and I'm like going, whatever Marie. That takes and puts a crack in that foundation. Puts a crack in the foundation. And that's not where he wants me to put my fingerprint. Because that's no love in me. And how can I be part of that body if I don't have love for my sister? Amen. For my brothers. I can't be part of that body. But, Marie says she has problems, so well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. Or, you know, and we know somebody's hurting or whatever in any kind of way. It's just like your body, if you stump your toe or if you got a backache. You know, I had a back problem when I was 18. I've got a back problem, my whole body hurt. My mind, everything was just down. So we have to nurture the parts of the body. And, and the body is made up of cells. The body of Christ is made up of cells. We have this body, this cell of Christ. You have a cell on another corner. All over, they're, they're church bodies, local church bodies. We have to be part of a local church body, become part of that cell for the body of Christ to be healthy. We have to edify each other, we have to love each other, we have to lift each other up, we have to encourage each other. Mm -hmm. Amen. And what they call it, the body of, the body of Christ or the bride of Christ. Amen. We have to make ourselves ready. And how can we make ourselves ready if one part is hurting? If one part is fallen and we're not lifting them back up and we're kicking people when they're down, we can't, regardless of how we feel or what we may think, we have to put that aside. It's about what God says. It's about what He tells us to do. Yeah. And, and how will they know that you're mine, that you love each other. And if we can't love the body of Christ, how can we love the unbelievers? And why would an unbeliever want to come into a body mm -hmm. that was bickering and fighting? Mm -hmm. Amen. You know.
that, that, that has issues with each other. Why do I want to get in that? I've got that at home. <laughs> you know, we have to love each other, encourage each other, teach each other, edify each other, correct each other. We just have to love each other. If we love each other the way God loves us, which is what He expects. Amen. He, he expects us to love with that agape, that unconditional love. It don't mean you're not going to have disagreements and we're going to agree on every single thing. But we love each other. Amen. And regardless of what we go through, we can go, man, I really wish my son hadn't said that. Or I really wish Bill hadn't said that. But, you know, I'm going to pray for him. And I know he's going to pray for me if I said something out of line. But we're going to talk to each other. We're going to come to each other and say, look, this is the way I see it. I'm not going to go, I ain't going back over there. We can't run away from our family. We can't run away from other believers. Amen. We have to love each other, walk with each other, strengthen each other. Because God wants our unique fingerprint on everything and everyone that we touch, that we come across. And it's our choice on whether it's going to be for death, hell, and destruction. Or if it's going to be for God's glory in paradise for eternity. Amen. 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 Amen.